Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. Our gospel talks about fire, distress, and division. Jesus says, I came to cast fire on the earth. How great is my distress. I have come to bring division on earth. From now on, households will be divided. This is the gospel of the Lord? Am I missing something here? Fire, distress, and division? How can this be the gospel, the good news of the Lord? The gospel reading and others like it makes you shake your head and wonder what's going on when we read these passages. The Jesus we made here is not the one that fits the popular image of Jesus. A soft-spoken, soothing speaker who spins out sweet-sounding, soothing soliloquies that people like to hear. But it is the Jesus who really was and really is. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild, one hymn says. Jesus, sitting among the children. We like nowadays this popular image of Jesus, the Mr. Rogers of Palestine, perhaps. We want Jesus the way we want him to be. Jesus strolling through the meadows with the meadows with a sheep across his shoulders. This is the soft and cuddly Jesus the non-offensive and easy-to-take Jesus, the withholds God's wrath because we're best buds Jesus, the Jesus teaching on the hillside, feeding the 5,000, enlightening the multitudes with messages of peace and love, tolerant Jesus, Jesus as life coach, dispensing good advice on how to live a successful life when we read Scripture. This is a Jesus that people of other religions can, even people of no religion, can be okay with and accept. We want a Jesus who makes no demands. A Jesus who really doesn't interfere with what I want to do. If your Jesus works for you, fine. But if I don't want him, that's okay too. Lots of people fictionalize Jesus in this way. The optional Jesus who makes you feel good, popular preaching paparazzi who promote Jesus has been identified by some as a feminization of Jesus or a emasculation of Jesus. Only giving one side of Jesus? Well, that's not right either. The problem with this Jesus is the Jesus I've described really doesn't exist the one that we see only as the cuddly preacher. It's not the Jesus we encounter in the New Testament, in today's gospel precisely. For example, here Jesus says, I came to cast fire on the earth. And would it be that it was already kindled, that he didn't have to do it? And I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress in that baptism until it is accomplished. 
Do you think I have come to give peace on earth? Well, no, I came and brought division. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild, hardly. This is more like angry Jesus, bleak and wild. Here we meet an intense, fiery Jesus. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. But instead of being two personalities of the same Jesus, Jesus is both one and the same, righteous in wrath and righteous in mercy. This same Lord and Savior has indeed brought fire, distress, and division, even as he brings grace and mercy. Jesus says, I came to cast fire on the earth and would it that were already kindled. The image of blazing fire in scripture is almost always a negative one. Fire in the biblical vocabulary is a sign of judgment that falls. You'll remember Sodom and Gomorrah. God's end time judgment comes with fire. Jesus did not primarily come to bring fire and judgment on the earth, but this wrath is true. It's inevitable. It's real. And it will come. He will not stop it from coming in the end or to the life of the non-believers. Christ's message and purpose and his person is given to us amid this impending judgment. He brings, as our Advent hymn sings, healing in his wings. He came to bring salvation. But the judgment and fire are the consequence, the result, the inevitable fallout of sin in a world that has rejected him. John chapter 3 puts it in this way. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. The primary aim is salvation, but when humankind rejects the Savior, the consequence is that they remain in their sins and in judgment. So here in Luke 12, when he says, I came to cast fire and would that it already were kindled, he declares that there indeed will be a time of judgment, something we don't like to entertain or think about something we certainly will be chided about if we tell other people that. He declares that there will be this time. You know, this is what the world incessantly clamors for, right? We want justice. You don't want judgment. This as crime goes undeterred. is what people are afraid of. Don't judge me. Who are you to judge me? Nobody wants judgment. Well, justice will come. Judgment will happen. People are going to be afraid because in the end, as Scripture says, there is no one who is just, and all have turned and fallen short of God's glory. The question is, what are you going to do when he comes for you? This justice of God against humanity if you try and escape on your own, showing God you're righteous and just on your own, basically a good person, perhaps you're going to start going to church every Sunday, or good deeds that you do to others and count them on one hand, or hopefully all 20 digits, 
In judgment, a guilty person cannot wipe a slate clean. Judgment is just that. Judgment. You can never do enough. You cannot correct a wrong with a right. Even our justice system shows this. A crime is committed. A murder. No justice is going to bring that person back to life. No justice will undo the murderous act. No punishment is ever big enough to achieve justice for the survivors. Judgment and justice go hand in hand. But because of our inability to overcome judgment, to correct a wrong with a right, Jesus has something else to do. And that is exactly what will happen to him. Something that will cause him great distress, the other call word in, in our text for today. It is a baptism. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. It's going to distress him, and one that has not yet been accomplished. But when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, that baptism did not seem so distressing at that time. Certainly, when we look at it, we kind of pass over it. He was baptized. But when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, that baptism did not set him on a distressing course, a course that is not yet completed. <clears throat> Excuse me. People came to be baptized in the Jordan River as repentant sinners. They were baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Now, the problem is, is that Jesus had no sin of his own, yet he confessed and he was baptized. At his baptism, Christ, the sinless Son of God, took your and my sin upon himself. He was judged as a sinner. Behold the Lamb of God who is taking up and taking away the sin and the judgment of the world. He took it up willingly for you, for me, and he would take that load of your sin all the way to the cross. Jesus Christ, true God and also true man, a man with true feelings, true emotions, and so the way to the cross, this stressful baptism of suffering that Jesus was undergoing, this was God's judgment upon you and upon me. How great is my distress. The Greek word here for the distress is being pressed hard together, compressed, compact. You can get a sense of the pressure of Jesus' suffering, the pressure of the crowns on his head, the pressure of the piercing nails in his hands, the distressing pressure from betrayal from friends, the pressure of being disowned by the Father. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until... It is accomplished. And that's the other key word, accomplished, until it is fulfilled. He says it from the cross, too. It is finished, accomplished. The goal has been reached. The journey has ended for my distress. Mission accomplished. Sins atoned for. The price has been paid. Your debt has been covered, paid in full by Jesus' blood, the victory is total, the triumph complete. Sin, death, and hell all vanquished. Forgiveness, life, and salvation are yours. Jesus' baptism of suffering means your baptism from death into life. 
For in your baptism you were joined to Christ in his resurrection. The Holy Cross was signed to you. We're marked as one redeemed by the crucified. Once we were marked for judgment, but now we are marked for salvation. Different from the dead-end course of the world all around us. Makes a difference. And being different, being distinctive people of God in a hostile world, it sets us apart. It sets us as odds with those who hate God, those who would not listen to him, those who would reject him, those who would not believe. The dividing lines are being drawn. Jesus anticipates these dividing lines of faith and unbelief when he says, do you think I have come to bring, to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, I bring division. This has been a long division, a very long division indeed throughout history. We read about it in the New Testament where many people come to faith in Christ, but many others reject the faith, either persecuting it as Paul did, or else perverting the faith, perverting the faith through false doctrine, through false teaching. And that division obviously occurs today. We heard it in Jeremiah. You and only you, individually, led by the Holy Spirit through God's word, believe in Jesus Christ. It's that personal relationship. He's the only one who can rescue you from God's judgment. But many others reject Christ and want nothing to do with him. Not always through outright persecution, sometimes through subtle watering down of faith, sometimes through their apathy, indifference, and neglect. People say no to Christ. Sometimes because they grew out of it, leaving the church when they left home. And this hurts. We feel the division even within families. The dividing lines fall and they cut right through the heart and stubborn unbelief of mankind and those dividing lines divide families. Jesus says from now on in one house there will be five divided, three against two, two against three, father against son, son against father, mother, daughter, in-laws. You all know families like that. Maybe you're in a family like that. Some family members believe in Christ and gladly take part in his church, but others in the family could care less. They have no interest in Christ. They want nothing to do with his church. Maybe some have not outrightly said, I reject. But even so, they do not consider themselves a part of the church. As I heard one daughter say in a retreat this weekend, I'm not a Christian. What power in those words. Does she really mean it? She's a teenager. Do we judge then, or do we continue to love and encourage and bring Christ back to that person? Well, of course we do. We know the truth. We will escape judgment and fire. We ourselves then are distressed with the same distress that Jesus had. 
because we want the person to be saved as well. And this is something that happens to each of us individually. Faith is individual. It's not family faith. It happens to each one of us. Each one of us is called to believe. We cannot believe for other people. But that does not mean that we give up our journey to accomplish what Christ has called us to do. To love, to announce, to pray for, that all people, including those close to us, would turn to Christ and repent and live and have the hope that we do for eternal life. You are God's greatest witness. You make the difference in the world. As children of the living God, you too can offer true peace to those who are distressed. This gospel needs to be lived. This gospel needs to be breathed by God's followers and spoken through confessing lips. It is the only way to mend division, to relieve stress and put out the fire. This is the gospel of the Lord. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.